So uh, let's go ahead and begin with, uh, with Gashō. Okay, great. And then so to uh, share some information here on the screen in a few moments. So uh, thank you all uh, for joining us for our uh, Shoshinge session. Um, this evening we'll be talking about uh, a section uh, of the Shoshinge that describes the lotus. And the lotus is a very important uh, symbol in Buddhism. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about uh, what the representation of the lotus is and how it's very meaningful, particularly within our Jodo Shinshu uh, understanding of uh, Buddhism. Um, just before I, I share my screen and get into uh, that portion, while you've still got me on kind of a larger view, I wanted to just bring to your attention this uh, image of the Buddha that we have here. And you'll notice that uh, the Buddha is standing on a lotus here. And also in the temple, uh, in the Hondo, um, next time you know, you're uh, looking at a service or you know at some point coming here for a service you'll see that the statue of the buddha is also uh, on a lotus and even in the case of uh, an obutsudan uh, we have a home home buddha shrine uh, that has the name of the buddha written in the characters namuami dabutsu that will also be um, kind of on top of or above a lotus and so the lotus uh, is very uh, important uh, it's a very important symbol in Buddhism, and so we'll be talking about um, that symbolism this evening and looking at some of the uh, sources from the Pure Land Buddhist scripture tradition that uh, talk about the lotus and the significance uh, of the lotus. So let's go ahead and share. Let me share my screen here. Okay. So this, um, this section uh, of the Shoshinge is what we'll be talking about this evening for uh, today's session. And this handout is also there. Um, it's, on, it's in the email. You can find that through the email that you receive for today's service. Uh, it's also posted on the uh, temple website. There's a, a post for today's session. So I'll go ahead and um, share that link for everyone so that you can, if you'd like to download it uh, on your own computer or just even just open it up now to follow along with your own uh, computer. And for those of you who are joining us after the session, if you're watching this posted on the website, uh, at another time, um, you'll find this handout is just will be posted just below um, the video for today's talk. So it'll be there and you can follow along. And the uh, links in this um, in this website also you'll be able to, to click on. Uh, not on the Zoom screen. If you click on the Zoom screen, the links won't work. But if you actually have the file uh, opened up on your computer, um, you should be able to access. There are some links to the um, the sections of the writings of Shinran where we're talking about here this evening. 
So uh, we'll begin by uh, reading this, uh, this section of verse. So this is from the Shoshinge, which we chanted uh, from the, the 6 p.m. session. And now we're uh, looking at just one verse and the meaning, which is all foolish beings, whether good or evil, when they hear and entrust to Amida's universal vow, are praised by the Buddha as people of vast and excellent understanding. Such a person is called a pure white lotus. So again, today we'll be talking about this, um, this symbol of the, the lotus, or you know, here it's the pure white lotus, uh, the fundarike. If you if you're familiar with the uh, with the Shoshinge, you may recall there's one line that uh, ends with the words fundarike. And so that's that's what this pure uh, white lotus is. And this uh, lotus comes from the contemplation sutra. So as we've been going through um, the Shoshinge, we started in the beginning. And again, if you're joining us for the first time this evening, you can go back and uh, review the other uh, sections are posted there on the San Mateo Buddhist Temple uh, website. Um, and if you go into the section of um, study classes, uh, there's, a, there's a, a category of study classes. If you click on that, um, you'll find an archive of these Shoshinge uh, sessions. And so as we go through, um, my approach in this session has been to show and to explore the sections of the sutras or the uh, teachings of the Buddha that are uh, expressed or serve as the basis for these words uh, here in the Shoshinge. So in the case of this particular passage, um, the main scriptural basis for this is in the Contemplation Sutra, the Sutra of Contemplation on the Buddha of Immeasurable Life, which uh, you'll notice is uh, a little different from the previous sessions have really been grounded in the larger sutra. Um, and so this is uh, one of the, the three Pure Land Sutras, along with the Amida Sutra. We have the larger sutra, the Contemplation Sutra, the Amida Sutra. And so this particular uh, section is uh, finding uh, meaning in a se section of the Contemplation Sutra. And so this, uh, this passage of Shoshinge or Shinran's writings is referring to this uh, verse, which I'll go ahead and highlight now um, from the Contemplation Sutra, which uh, is, you should know that all those who are mindful of the Buddha are like a white lotus flower among people. Bodhisattvas, Avalokiteshvara, and Mahastamaprapta will become good friends of theirs. They will be sitting in the place of enlightenment and be born in the house of all Buddhas. So this, uh, this is the, these are the words of the Buddha, the uh, sutra. And in this sutra, then we have this, uh, this idea that those who are mindful of the Buddha are like white lotus flower, or like a white lotus flower among people. So, um, and this, this uh, word to be mindful of the Buddha uh, this is the, the nembutsu, the nembutsu, the, uh, for us is the saying of namu amida butsu, 
but the uh, character uh, nen in nembutsu is also means to be mindful. So the recitation, but the recitation is also uh, a practice of mindfulness. And so, you know, we can see that uh, Shinran provides a, a little bit of commentary or uh, he kind of draws out the nuance of what does it mean to be mindful of the Buddha? And for Shinran, that means to be uh, one who hears and entrusts to Amida's universal vow. Uh, in previous sessions, we've talked about the primal vow. Uh, if you're kind of wondering about what is this universal vow, uh, I encourage you to go back and um, look at uh, the previous, I would say, two sessions, um, really uh, focus in uh, on this idea of the primal vow. And this runs through the Shoshinge throughout the, the uh, Dodo Shinshu tradition. And the universal vow is the Buddha's vow to welcome all beings into his world of enlightenment, welcome all beings into the pure land if they uh, hear and entrust in, in, in this vow. And so uh, it's the hearing, the entrusting, awakening the heart of joy and saying the nembutsu, namu amidabutsu, that brings about uh, birth in the pure land. And so prior to that birth, to think about that. So, so birth in the pure land, um, according to our specific tradition, and there's some, some diversity on this, and we can talk about this more later. Um, uh, but according to the, the Nishi Honganji uh, understanding, the birth in the pure land occurs uh, at the time of death, the moment of death, then one is immediately born in the pure land. But uh, the benefit is received in the present moment of entrusting. And so throughout our lives, then we're living uh, as a pure white lotus, right? And so, and then they will, it says, um, they will be sitting in a place of enlightenment and be born in the house of all Buddhas. So it's this uh, assurance of the uh, realization of enlightenment is settled in that moment of, of joyful entrusting. And again, we talked about that some, uh, last month as well, that awakening, that the heart, that one thought moment of joy. Um, yeah. So uh, let's um, move on a little bit to look at uh, this section from. So this is from the writings of Shinran, the true teaching, practice, and realization uh, section, section ninety-eight, um, and there's uh, the. The version that's posted on the website has a link to then that you can click on to um, to, to read this section. Um, and so uh, this this describes how a person who continues in the Nembutsu is truly a rare person. There's nothing that compares with such a one. For this reason, the white lotus is used as an analogy. The white lotus is called the excellent flower among people or the rare flower or the best among the best or the wondrous excellent flower, which has traditionally been called the blossom bearing the white tortoise uh, is none other than this flower. The person of the Nembutsu is the excellent person among people, the wondrous excellent person, the best among the best, the rare person, the very finest person. So 
um, you know, here this this is describing how uh, a person of uh, the Nembutsu it really receives this excellence of the Buddha's enlightenment in this life, and that that uh, transformation of heart is really something something that's incredibly rare to encounter. So if you think about lotus flowers, they don't really grow naturally here in California. Sometimes you see them in gardens uh, and um, you know things like places like that. But you know, normally they're often kind of a pink, uh, pinkish color. Um, but on a rare occasion, a pure white lotus uh, will, will blossom. Um, and so the white lotus is used as an analogy for how truly rare it is to uh, receive this uh, entrusting heart, one who continues in the Nembutsu, whose gratitude is uh, an appreciation is deep and constantly expressed moment to moment uh, in their life. And so, um, so there's this one aspect of the lotus, which is uh, its, its rarity, the white lotus is exceedingly rare and excellent and beautiful. And then there's also this aspect of where the lotus blooms. And that's what I would like to, uh, to focus on uh, at this, this stage. So um, this is from the True Teaching Practice and Realization, uh, chapter on realization, section 17. So here Shinran is quoting uh, uh, another important Pure Land teacher named Tanwan. Tanwan. And Tanwan uh, had written an extensive commentary on the writings of, of Vasubandhu, uh, who, who also discusses the meaning of the, uh, the larger sutra and the Pure Land sutras. And so um, I'm not going to read this, this whole section, but I provide it here uh, as a kind of a reference for folks. So I'm going to read um, this gatha or this verse, and then I, I want to sort of skip down to the section that focuses on the lotus. So it says, uh, as the gatha states, the land of happiness is pure and immaculate. There, the undefiled wheel is turned constantly. Transformed Buddhas and Bodhisattvas there are like suns, and further, like Mount Sumero, abide immovable. This is to unfold blossoms from the muddy ponds of sentient beings. Okay. So, um, so if you, if you look closely at this, so it's talking about how the land of happiness, the Buddha's land, is pure and immaculate. Right? So when it blossoms, it's, it's pristine and pure. You think of a lotus as very, comes out pure, immaculate, very you know, beautiful, unsullied by the muddy pond from which it blossoms. So the lotus comes up in the mud, but when it comes, when it blooms, it's beautiful and pure. And so um, and there's, a, there's a great commentary on that further down here. So um, I'm going to skip down to this section here. It says, uh, concerning blossoms from the muddy ponds, the Vimalakirti Sutra states, the lotus does not grow in the solid ground of lofty plains, but in the muddy ponds of the lowland marshes. This is an analogy, meaning that foolish beings live in the mud of blind passions, but are awakened and guided by bodhisattvas. They're able to foot, 
put forth the blossoms of the Buddha's perfect enlightenment. Truly, they make the three treasures flourish and keep them ever from decline. So uh, this is the, the really uh, significant, I think, symbolism for the lotus. Uh, just as the lotus does not blossom uh, you know, in the clear, high, uh, solid ground of you know, the highland plateaus and the mountainsides, but rather in the kind of mucky, dirty water of the, the kind of the lowlands, the lowest parts uh, of, you know, of the world are where we find the lotus blossoming in the same way that the, uh, the awakening of the Buddha for those who live in the Nembutsu doesn't occur in this sort of you know, pure, lofty, pristine places separated from the world. So we're not like going off into high mountains uh, and separating ourselves from the world, but rather in the Nembutsu, the Buddha's enlightenment blossoms in the middle of the muck of everyday life, you know, the stress and the anger and the greed and all of those things, um, all of that everyday life, at times foolish life, that that is the ground in which the perfect enlightenment, uh, the pure awakening uh, blossoms. So it's precisely in those uh, difficult, sticky situations that the wisdom of the Buddha can really shine through and enrich uh, our lives. And so that is expressed by, by this lotus. So we see the lotus, we see the beauty and the purity of the enlightenment, but we also recognize that it comes from the muck of everyday life, the mud of uh, our greed, anger, and ignorance, our blind passions, that that is precisely the place from which the enlightenment will blossom. And you know, the way that works is when we entrust in the Buddha's wisdom, we hear the Buddha's teachings, and we think about how does this really apply uh, to my life, recognizing this is really about me uh, and my life when we hear the Buddha's teachings on greed, on anger, on ignorance. And we can see in our lives the possibility of greed becoming generosity. So from that mud of greed can blossom the flower of, of generosity. Anger can blossom into uh, compassion and patience. And ignorance can blossom into wisdom uh, if we really live in a way that takes the Dharma to heart, to hear the teachings and then to entrust our lives to them and say, yeah, this is about me. This teaching will bring me to awakening. If we kind of doubt it and say, well, maybe, but mm, I don't know. Uh, maybe I better, you know, uh, I better hedge my bets and do, you know, do, do some other, other things along the way. Um, we won't be able to receive that, uh, that full benefit. Now, it's very difficult to really entrust uh, in that way. And so, um, so then we have, um, we have this, this last passage I wanted to share, uh, which says, um, further Shakyamuni states in a sutra, um, and this is from Shinran's notes on one's calling and many calling. Uh, know that the person who says the Nembutsu is a white lotus among people. 
So with these words, the Tathagata, and that's, that's referring to the Buddha, likens the person of the Nembutsu to the white lotus, the flower praised as the best among flowers, the excellent flower, the wondrous excellent flower, the rare flower, the very finest flower. Master Shandao of Guangming Temple interprets this to be praise of the person of the Nembutsu as the best among the best, the excellent person, the wondrous excellent person, the truly rare person, the very finest person. And so, um, you know, uh, well, something to keep in mind uh, about the lotus is that, you know, it comes out of this muck unsullied. So um, if we can just sort of gently scroll back up uh, here um, to the passage of the Shoshinge, um, it says, all foolish beings, whether good or evil, so people who are really kind of coming out of the muck in the mud, right? If they hear and entrust in Amida's universal vow are praised by the Buddha as people of vast and excellent understanding. So coming out of that mud, they're undefiled. That's another aspect of the lotus as it comes out of the mud. The mud is dirty, but the lotus remains, remains pure. So this represents the potential for really profound transformation uh, in our lives that we uh, become through the working of uh, the Buddha's universal vow, we ourselves will become Buddhas through birth in the Pure Land. So we go from being these everyday, ordinary, foolish beings that we are right now, and it's through the working of the Buddha's vow then that we're able to um, become uh, Buddhas ourselves to become this pure light white lotus. And so in our very lives, this benefit of awakening uh, will blossom. So, uh, so this is um, the section I wanted to introduce today. Uh, and so um, at this time, we'll I'll switch off uh, the recording and uh, we have some time to talk about these passages. Um, you know, kind of off the record, so to speak, and to really explore um, the meaning of this, this lotus in uh, the Buddhist teachings and in our own lives as well. Namandats, 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 namandats.